How's everybody doing? Have you been enjoying the ghost stories? I have. I just, I love, I love to hear the stories, big, small, um, of what it looks like for God to be ordering people's steps um, and, and, and giving them opportunities to, to live out his, his call. And so um, it's been really cool. I also really appreciated all of the teaching uh, that Ray and David have done and um, and we've been doing the prayers. I don't know if you guys have been taking home those prayer cards. And I've just been trying to pray every day, asking the Holy Spirit to fill me. Because that's the whole idea of this series. What does it look like to live a life that is full of the Holy Spirit? And so I'm going to kind of wrap up our, our series today. But I, just, I, I really just want to look at one little thing that Jesus said. And, and that's going to kind of bring us to a close on this Holy Spirit series. And it, it happens uh, in the book of John, chapter 3. Yeah, Jesus is having a conversation with uh, a guy named Nicodemus. He's a, a religious leader, a spiritual teacher. And, and, and Nicodemus asks Jesus, what, what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus says, you got to be born again. Now, those of us who like live in the U.S. In, at this point in time, when we say the word born again, nobody bats an eye. Because every Everybody's heard of a born-again believer. It just seems kind of normal to us. But I'm going to tell you, to Nicodemus, it didn't seem normal. It seemed super weird. He thought Jesus was kind of out of his mind. What do you mean I got to be born? What, am I supposed to go back inside my mother's womb? And, and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. It's, I'm, t- I'm not talking about natural birth. I'm talking about a spiritual rebirth. And then Jesus gives a very short analogy about the Holy Spirit. He says, you need to be reborn of the Spirit. And, And then he says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So Jesus has got this, this analogy, this metaphor. He says, he says the, the spirit is like the wind. And we're going to kind of dig into that today, to the ways that Jesus says that the spirit is like the wind. Um, and and I, I kind of enjoy the, the whole metaphor. And then at some point, it's going to break down. The me, you know, you take a metaphor too far, it always goes to pot at the end, right? So you, you got to, you got to, Take it for what it is and then see where it, um, where it falls apart. So I, I, here's what I'd like to walk you through in this scripture that we just read. Four things that Jesus wants to tell us about the Holy Spirit. First of all, we can sense the effects of the invisible Holy Spirit. Number two, we don't really understand him. Number three, we surely can't control him. And so all we've got left is we can only let him take us away. And so, um, so let's, let's go back to that first one. Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You can hear its sound, but you don't know much else about it. You can't see the wind, just like you can't see the Holy Spirit. That's kind of the most obvious connection between the wind and the Holy Spirit. You can't see the wind, but you can hear it. You can hear it whistling through the trees. You can't see the wind, um, but you can see its effect on things. You can, see, you can feel it on your skin, 
right? I was out on the deck and I was watching clouds blow by uh, a couple of weeks ago that you can watch the wind by watching its effect on other things. And, um, and, and that's true of the Holy Spirit. One of the things, um, you know, trying to, trying to figure out where God is in the world, I think is something that we're, we're all looking at. Even whether you're here uh, for the first time, whether maybe you're joining us online and you don't know what you think about God and um, whether you believe in him, what, what you think you can believe about him. But I think a lot of us are looking for something bigger here in this world. And, it's, and all we can see are effects. And it's hard to get at the substance of the source sometimes. Um, but here's what I find. I find in my life that I will be able to see, sense, and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to the degree that I'm looking for it. I find in my life when I'm doing what I've been doing the last few weeks, where I'm, when I've got that prayer card and, I'm, and I've got at the top of my mind, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to lead me. The Holy Spirit has some things that he wants from me today. He's going to give me opportunities. He's going to bring somebody across my path. There's going to be a moment that he's, gonna, that he's going to create for me when I'm looking for it. Guess what? I see it all over the place. The Holy Spirit's everywhere when I got my eyes open. And I would love to tell you that I am really great at that all the time, but I'm not. I spend a lot of my life with the world crowding my thoughts, all the little stuff crowding out what really matters. And so then I, when I'm in that place, I honestly find myself often, I find myself seeing a lot of coincidence around me. You know, you know, it was weird. I ran into that one guy today. That was weird. Coincidence. You know, I, I saw, I saw this homeless guy on the side of the road. I didn't know what to do, but we think we're just living in a bunch of happenstance experiences because what I find is that when my eyes are open to it, I can see the effects of the invisible Holy Spirit. The wind blows. You can hear it sound, but you don't know that much else about it. So that's the first thing. We can sense the effects of the, whole, of the invisible Holy Spirit when we have our eyes open for it. Number two, we really don't understand him. Jesus says, you can't tell where the wind is coming from or where it's going. I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I'm no meteorologist. I don't really understand the wind. I was thinking about this. I don't really understand. I mean, Jesus says this a couple thousand years ago. You don't know where it's coming from. Where does the wind come from? It's not like it comes out of the ground. You know, like it doesn't have a source. It's just like, the truth is, I mean, the whole thing kind of freaks me out a little bit. I'm sure there's a, um, I'm sure there's a meteorologist who could tell me why the, th the things, but it's not like, it's not like there's this one source for wind. It's just this powerful effect. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. I really don't understand how the wind works. I don't. And, and the truth is, I don't understand how the Holy Spirit works. 
I don't. I, I would love to stand up here and say that I understand why the Holy Spirit does what he does, but I do not. I, um, I'm friends with families. You ever, met, you ever met a family that um, everything they touch turns to gold? You know what I'm talking about? Like just everything, like it just seems like everything is easy. Like their kids are good looking. They always have money. They don't have any health problems. Everything, just, and I just think to myself, thank God for them. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, God, the Holy Spirit must just be blessing their life. And I'm not, I, I have no problem with that, that family having all of those blessings. I think it's fantastic. My problem is, I can also stand across from another family who loves Jesus just as much as this family, who is desperate for the Holy Spirit's leading in their life just as much as that family, and they can't catch a break. I don't understand the Holy Spirit. I just don't. A few years ago, I was in a hospital room with uh, a friend of mine um, and she was in a coma and I was there with our friends and our family and you guys, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have been in this place. You're desperate, you know? You're desperately praying, pleading, asking, bargaining, begging God, what, please, 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 would you save this Woman And all of the um, medical staff on the floor had said, you need to say your goodbyes. This is, she's not going to wake up from this coma. And she was in it for over a month, maybe two months. I mean, she, she was not going to wake up from this coma. And so um, we prayed and we prayed and we sang and we got together and we begged. And guess what happened? She woke up. And she, so she wakes up. She has another five great years with her family. Great years that God gave her. And, um, and I think it's so, like, I, I think about that moment, that, that ghost story, that Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit story, and I think how wonderful that is. But I have been in way more hospital rooms where we begged and we pleaded just as hard as we did that day. Where our hearts were just as broken. And in, in our time, God didn't heal them. God didn't fix it. I don't understand the Holy Spirit. I just don't. And I gotta tell you, if you're, if you're here and you are one of those people who's trying to figure out what you think about God and this is, and I've like scratched that itch in your brain that you've got, um, that, that, that the reason why you just have this hard time believing in a God that can treat people so differently. I, I gotta, if you're here online and you're trying to figure that out, man, first of all, I'm with you. I, I'm trying to figure it out too. But I think First of all, you are in a great place to figure it out, to dig into it. Don't let go of it. Don't, don't throw your hands up in the air. Grab onto God. S wrestle with him. 
That's what I'm doing. I'm spending my life wrestling because I don't understand the Holy Spirit. But I'll tell you this. There is something that I believe that helps me to understand where all of this sits in my uh, brain and in my connection with God. Every time I look at one of these instances in my life where I knew what was right and I begged God to come through and he did not in the way that I wanted to. Every single time, I'll tell you, I've been mad at God for that. I'm not ashamed. I've been mad at him. But here's the truth. In that moment, when, I, when I'm angry with God, they, there's some pride in that, isn't there? There's some pride in there. Because somehow, some way, I think I know better than he does. Let's just be honest. I think, deep down, I think I know better than he does. And can, can I just be real with you? I am an idiot. I, I mean, comparatively. Compared to the God of the universe, I am a complete idiot. But guess what? So are you. Right? I mean, God, the God of the universe knows everything. He understands how everything works together. He sees what's going to happen. He knows how it all plays out. And yet I am mad at him for not doing things the way that I want him to do them. And I understand that. And man, I can't just talk myself out of that because that's how I feel. But here's what I'm learning. I don't want a God I can understand. Because if I have a God that I can understand, then he's no smarter than me. And we are all in trouble. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> we can sense the effects of the invisible Holy Spirit. You can hear it sound, he says. We don't really understand him. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. And we surely can't control him. Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. I, this happens a lot. I'm a pastor. So people come and ask me to pray for them. I love that. I would love it if you had asked me to pray for you and I will pray for you. But sometimes Sometimes there's something behind it that it feels like somebody wants me to pray for them because they think that I have some special leverage with God. You know what I'm saying? Like somehow I have built up some chits with God that he owes me for something that somehow my prayer is going to get answered more easily than your prayer will get answered, which, which we all, I, I saw some laughter, some chuckling. I get that. That's funny. But here's the truth. We all do it. Don't tell me you've never thought, God, I have been serving you my whole life. Can I just be real with you? I didn't say this to any of the other services. Um, my, my wife has a, degenerative illness. Uh, 
and um, it's genetic, nothing they can do for it. And we went through a real grieving process. And can I tell you something really gross about myself? There was a night when I was working through it that I said to God, we have been serving you our whole lives. Can't you fix this? <clears throat> In that moment, <clears throat> it is almost impossible to let go of what I want. I, I, can, I can listen to a sermon, I can preach the sermon, but in that moment, it's almost impossible to let go of what I want. But thank God, we don't get to control him. The wind blows where it pleases. The Holy Spirit goes where he chooses and he takes us where he chooses. No leverage, no bargaining. Um, so all we've got is we just gotta let him take us away. There's, um, there's something that I've always desperately wanted to do and someday I'm gonna do it. I've always wanted to learn how to go sailing. You know, like I desperately want to go sailing. I think it sounds so cool out on the water, no motor. You know, you're just using the, the power of the wind to go place. I, I just think it's so, such a cool thing. Part of it is the way that, that I think about how sailing came about. I, you know, millennia ago, people decided, hey, if we put this big sheet up above the boat, the wind will take us somewhere and we won't have to row, right? That's cool. Let's harness the power of the wind. Let's do that. But there was a problem. The wind, you couldn't decide, you couldn't go where you wanted to go. And then somehow somebody figured out that no matter what way the wind was blowing, even if it was blowing directly against the way that you want to go, you could do something called tacking which means that you, you don't go right at it, but, but something to do with the sail and the rudder. And I don't know, because I'm not a sailor, um, but, but you go kind of at an angle this way and then you cut and you go at an angle this way. And the, and the whole thing is that the, the coolest part of this was that all of a sudden you could have this huge ship that could go any direction that you wanted to go. It didn't matter what the wind was doing. They had learned to harness the power of the wind to go where they wanted to go. How cool is that? And I love the idea of sailing and I desperately want to do it someday. But here's the problem. Most of us are a bunch of Christian sailors. We love the idea that the wind of the Holy Spirit would fill our sails. We pray it every day, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. We love the idea that the wind of the Spirit would blow on us. But what we want to do is we want to harness the power of that wind to go where we want to go, to do what we want to do. 
not how it works. I'll tell you, we, we, we work hard at it. We work hard at it. Um, there's another thing that I wanted, that I, I know a lot of people like to do. I've thought about doing it, but I've decided it's really stupid. It's called hot air balloon, right? That, okay, you get in a basket, you f- turn on the gas, you light up the flame, it takes you up, and you go where? You don't know. You hope you go somewhere good. You hope it takes you somewhere where you can land. Is, am, am I wrong or is this stupid? But I will say, I think it's a much better picture of what it means to be born of the Spirit. We're a bunch of sailors. We should all get out of the boat and hop in the basket. Get up there into the wind and let it take us where it wants. Jesus said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So how do you know if you're born of the Spirit? The question is, how do you react to the wind? When the wind of the Spirit blows in your life, do you let it take you where he wants to go? Or do you grab that sail and try to harness it for your own means? Blow, Holy Spirit, take me to greater wealth. Right? To success. To the Packers winning the Super Bowl. I don't know. Yes? Yeah, okay. I knew I'd get you, Kathy. We want to go where we want to go. If you are born of the Spirit, the wind blows wherever it pleases. Um, I told you the metaphor was going to break down. Here's where it breaks down. Lots of great ways that the Spirit and the wind are similar. But here's the difference. You can't trust the wind, right? The wind is an impersonal force. It's just happening. It doesn't know you. It doesn't care about you. When you get in the the basket, good luck. It doesn't have your best interest at heart. But the Holy Spirit is God himself. He made every hair on your head. The wind of the Holy Spirit is not some weird, mystical, impersonal force. The Holy Spirit is for you. You know, there are people in your life who love you, who are for you. You know who they are. There's not very many of them, right? Whoever just came to your mind, the Holy Spirit is for you in ways they could never even imagine being for you. He is a personal, intimate, loving force 
who has your best interest at heart. And when, when, when Jesus says the wind blows where it pleases, the Holy Spirit goes places for a purpose. The Holy Spirit takes you places for a purpose. Can I be honest with you though? The wind of the Holy Spirit does not always blow you to places you're gonna like. I mean, it sounds really good preaching on a stage. Get in the basket. Stop being a sailor. Yeah, that sounds great. The problem is the Holy Spirit often is going to take you to places that are harder than you can imagine. Places filled with pain. Places filled with difficulty. Places that are gonna grow you in ways that he knows you need to grow. But it won't always be fun. The Holy Spirit does not always blow you into success or comfort. And so getting in the basket, it's a, it's a scary proposition. Because what it really comes down to is trust. Do we trust him? And in church, we do. But when it calls something out of us, when he blows our life to a place we don't like, do we trust him? How do you know if you're born of the spirit? When the Holy Spirit blows you to a place you aren't comfortable, what's your reaction? Do you go to grab the sail? Do you go to control your life? Because here's the truth. We already established the fact that I'm an idiot and you're not quite as big of an idiot. But the question of who is better suited to run your life, that's what it really comes down to. Who is better suited to give you direction, you or him? And it's obvious, but we have to be reminded over and over again because we always fall back into the ways of trying to control our own lives, trying to hold on, trying to be sailors rather than hot air balloonists. And so whether you're here, um, been here a million times and you've been following Jesus for a really long time, I just wanna say just a reminder, let go of the sails, get in the basket. Because here's what I found, Sailing as a Christian, trying to to use the power of the Holy Spirit for my own purpose, it is exhausting. Because I'm being pulled between the person I want to be and the person I actually am. And it is exhausting. And getting into the basket is scary, but it is filled with peace. The Holy Spirit might blow you to places you don't like, but when you get there, peace comes with you. And so, um, just wanted to ask you, just a reminder, who's, who's better at running your life? Can I be honest with you? Every time I run my own life, I screw it up. And I, maybe you're, 
Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you're joining us online and you don't know what you think about God and I, I get that. But it's possible. It's possible that God is stirring something in your heart. It says, I am terrible at running my own life. I've been doing it for too long. I am exhausted and my life never turns out the way I want it to. Maybe, maybe it's time to let God blow his wind into my life and take me where he wants to go. If that's, if that's you and you want to do that, maybe for the very first time, I want to invite you to, at, at the end of our service, our prayer team is going to be out here. Grab one of them. Let them know that. If you came with somebody, tell them. Find a way to connect with somebody. If you're online, let us know in the comments and we'll get a hold of you. Because this moment, there, there are moments in our walk that we have to drive a stake in the ground. And maybe, maybe for you, it's just today is just a reminder. I will not control my own life. I'm going to let go. So I'd like to pray over you. Um, why don't you stand with me, actually? And we'll pray. Father in heaven, I, I'm so grateful that you are calling us to a life lived in your service, lived at your mercy, lived at your whim, God, because Lord, we trust your whims. Right now, in this place, in this moment, we say that we trust you for the direction of our lives. Oh, we know we're gonna fall back into our old ways at times, but God, we're just gonna keep running after you and running after you by letting go of the control of our lives. We thank you, God. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.